is sponsored by JMR Rentals, professional digital cinema and broadcast rentals in Brooklyn, New York. To find out more, visit their website, jmrny.com. Hello and welcome to No Rest for the Weekend, where we go behind the scenes and talk to the creators of independent entertainment. I'm Jason Godby, and today we're bringing you a review of the Black Magic Pocket Cinema Camera 6K one year later. For all you listeners out there, you may want to watch this one just because we'll be featuring some footage from the camera that you can't see through a podcast app. To check out that footage, uh, visit our website, norestoftheweekendpodcast.com. Also want to add a disclaimer, uh, we are not sponsored by Blackmagic for this episode. We're going to try and give you as unbiased a review as possible. Before we get to the review though, let's talk a little bit about Blackmagic as a camera company. So back in 2012, they came out with their first cinema camera. You remember that camera? It was basically a box with a lens on the front and a screen on the back. I actually made a short film with that camera. Form factor wasn't great. It was a little like shooting with a cinder block, but it shot 4K raw and the image quality was tremendous. Then they came out with the original Pocket Cinema camera circa 2014. That camera was tiny, had a Super 16 size sensor and actually fit in your pocket. They updated that camera in 2018 with the 4K version of the Blackmagic Pocket Cinema Camera 4K, which was much bigger with a Micro Four Thirds size sensor. And finally, in 2019, they produced the latest update, the Pocket Cinema Camera 6K with an EF mount. And when I asked Blackmagic representative Jason Druss about the camera and the differences between the 4K and the 6K versions, here's what he had to say. So you guys came out with the 4K and that was kind of revolutionary especially for the price point. It was uh, crazy affordable for a camera that packed that much punch. For this guy though, it's more money, but you're talking 6K as opposed to 4K, a bigger sensor. Kind of talk about the differences between the two, if you would. Yeah, absolutely. Um, before going into the differences, I think it's important to go into the similarities, being the, the number one question I get is everyone says the Pocket 4K has the really excellent dual native ISO of 430-200. Does the 6K follow in its footsteps? And the answer is yes, it does. So this also has a dual native ISO with the Super 35 sensor and Canon EF lens mount. That's pretty much one of the only differences, really. The sensor size, the resolution, and the, uh, the lens mount. EF versus Micro Four Thirds. But they both record to Blackmagic RAW on Canon CFast 2.0 cards as well as SD cards and the SSD flash drives when you plug them into the USB-C port. In terms of like the post-production on this, do I have to run everything through DaVinci before I run it to say Final Cut or, or, or Adobe Premiere or can I take it right from the camera and, and put it in whatever editing system I use? Uh, not at all. And I'll say that also because Blackmagic RAW is a really, really excellent lightweight RAW codec that has an advanced demosaic and process happening in the camera, churning while you're shooting the video. So it's going to uh, be uh, very lightweight and run very easily on many, many machines, all the way up to 6K resolution. But having said that, with the new Blackmagic RAW 1.5 update that we released at IBC this year, uh, we announced that we are we have plugins ready to go uh, into Premiere Pro and Avid Media Composer. So when you install the update, if you have Premiere or Media Composer installed on your computer, the um, plugins 
will be installed from us. So you can natively work in uh, Premiere and Avid Media Composer with the Blackmagic RAW files. So if you don't want to use Resolve, that's cool. You can use those other two apps now also. What types of projects are you seeing people use this with? Ever since we released our first cinema camera, we knew, well, we didn't know how people would use it. And it turns out people use our cameras for everything. You know, where the Pocket 6K might be the perfect Hollywood DP's B-Unit crash cam, it's another independent filmmaker's, you know, dream A-cam to have something in the palm of their hands that can shoot 6K raw with a Super 35 sensor and an EF lens mount. You know, so really all of the above. Whether you're doing, you know, event video, corporate video, documentaries, you know, long-form feature films and episodic television. You know, our cameras have been used for everything and more, and I see no exception for the Pocket 6K and the Pocket 4K. Okay, so now I'm going to challenge you a little bit, because one of the complaints about Blackmagic has been the battery life. And you guys came out with a battery pack for the 4K. Is there a battery pack for this, or can I use the same one for the for the uh, for this same body? You're going to be able to use that battery pack on the 6K as well, because it's literally the identical body except for the the lens turret on the top. So you're going to be able to, to use that perfectly fine. And the the thing to say about the battery life is that it's really a, a give and take. Because when we designed this camera, we knew that the users of the original Pocket Cinema camera, the HD one, wanted an upgrade, but we got an overwhelming amount of support for more of the features stemming from the Ursa Mini and the Ursa Mini Pro. So we wanted the smallest body possible while incorporating everything from the Ursa Mini and Ursa Mini Pro that we could, like the Blackmagic operating system, a big five-inch touchscreen, you know, a really great air intake outtake system to keep the sensor cool, and you know, more manual buttons and function buttons that you see on the side here, and in addition to SD card, CFast, and the USB recording. So in order to do all those things, we had to make the camera just a little bit bigger, you know? So it kept the same philosophy as the original Pocket Cinema camera. And then leading into the batteries, the way we figure it is, if you really want to use that camera handheld, you totally can. We designed the ergonomics for it to hold it right in front of, your, uh, right in front of you and use it. And you're probably going to have like a, a fanny pack or some kind of bag with a bunch of those Canon LPE6 batteries. And it's not that big of a deal to swap out a $30, $30 to $50 battery every 45 minutes to an hour. But then we also knew that many of our users use these cameras as a modular cinema system. So we wanted to create a form factor in a shape where you could easily add on your own rails, your own backplate, your own V-mount and goal-mount uh, power options, whatever the users wanted to do. If you're using it in a certain way, the camera needed to be versatile enough to work with either kind of workflow. And that's why we stuck with the Canon LPE6, and that's why you know the battery life's a little short by itself. How well is this thing working for me out of the box? Like, if I get the camera, pop a lens on it, can I run and go, or do I have to add other stuff to it? We designed this camera to be a pop a lens on it, pop a battery in it, throw the card in, and get shooting. You know, especially with the ergonomics of it, the five-inch touchscreen, the Blackmagic operating system, which not only lets you very easily mount your your um, custom recording and codec and resolution settings, but when it comes to things like focus assist, false color, um, focus peaking, um, zebras, frame guides, this is designed to take it out of the box, throw on the unnecessary accessories, and get out there and start shooting. So that's what Blackmagic had to say about the camera. I recently spent some time using the 6K, shot some test footage with it. I spent some time out in the bright sunshine shooting in 90 degree heat. Also shot some footage that I lit. I used the 4K 
I used 60 frames per second and I used the HD on it. Didn't get a chance to, use, to shoot 6K RAW uh, because I didn't have memory cards that could handle that or uh, an external SSD drive. But I feel like I did get a good impression of it. So let's break it down. Starting with form factor. As Jason said, the body is pretty much the same body as the 4K with a different lens mount. The form factor of this camera is a little bit unusual. It's similar to a DSLR, but it's wider. So you may need to modify things like your gimbal mount in order to make it work like a DSLR or a mirrorless camera. It feels okay in the hand, but I don't know if it should be a handheld camera because it's so light. All in all, you should be able to use it with some sort of stabilizer like a tripod or a monopod or a gimbal or you could handhold it without many issues. I also found the various buttons and dials easy to use, and they all seem to be in the right place, especially if you're coming from the perspective of a DSLR or a mirrorless shooter. It has ports for a 3.5 millimeter mic jack, headphones, HDMI out, USB, power, and a mini XLR for audio. The touchscreen. The 5 inch touchscreen has a full HD resolution. It's a nice size, but I did have some issues with the screen. It's difficult seeing it outside in the bright sun. It becomes very reflective and it's hard to see what you're shooting. It doesn't articulate, so an external monitor would probably help. But even with an external monitor, you still need to use the touchscreen for the menu. The menu system. One of the big selling points for me on the BMPCC was the menu. I have to say this is one of the better, more user-friendly menus to navigate. Most of the functions are accessible through the touchscreen, which is nice and big, and I had no trouble learning the camera. Everything is very straightforward, and I wish every camera was this easy to use. Frame rates and resolution. The BMPCC shoots a number of frame rates and resolutions. It shoots 6K up to 60 frames per second, 4K DCI up to 60 frames per second, Ultra HD also up to 60 frames per second, 3.7K 6.5 anamorphic up to 60 frames per second, and 2.8K 17 to 9 aspect ratio up to 120 frames per second. And it shoots also 1920 by 1080 up to 120 frames per second. You can also shoot ProRes 422, ProRes HQ, ProRes LT, Proxy, etc. Shutter speed versus shutter angle. You can either use shutter speed or shutter angle with this camera. I found it incredibly easy to use the shutter angle and set it at 180 degrees and not have to worry about it when changing frame rates. You'll also notice in some of the footage there's some light flicker. You can adjust the angle to take out the light flicker, which is pretty easy. If you're used to shooting with DSLRs or mirrorless cameras, this is going to be one less thing to worry about it. Just set it and go. Autofocus. The BMPCC has an autofocus assist, so if you have a lens with autofocus, you can just tap the assist button and it will focus on the center of the image. That's it. Otherwise, you're in manual focus. It does have focus peaking, which works really well, but basically, this is a manual focus camera. Image stabilization. There is none. If you're using a lens with IS, use that. If not, support the camera with a tripod or a gimbal or a monopod camera body is a bit wider on these cameras, like I said, so you may have to adjust your plate in order to make it fit on some of your gimbals. Picture profiles and color space. The BMPCC has three picture profiles. 
video, extended video, and film. The film profile is the flattest profile, and that's the one I used and the one I would recommend. You can also look at the image with the camera's built-in LUTs, and you can decide whether or not you want to record the LUT or not. I used the LUT to see the image, but recorded it flat so I could color correct it later. The LUT gives you some contrast, which helps because the image is so flat when you're recording. You may also use false color, which will help you determine your exposure. Low light performance. The camera has dual native ISOs at 400 and 3200. You can get clean images in low light. The BMPCC boasts 13 stops of dynamic range, which is pretty amazing considering the price point. Audio. There are two microphones in the front of this camera and they work pretty well for reference sound. You can also plug in a mic with the mini jack or you can use an XLR to mini XLR. If you want, you can use something like a Rode video mic on top of the camera for better reference sound. Battery life. The BMPCC uses Canon LPE6 batteries, the same battery used in the Canon 5D and EOS R. I was using the camera in the heat, shooting 4K at 60 frames per second. I have to say, the battery life is not great. This camera goes through batteries fast, especially when shooting at higher frame rates and higher resolutions. If you don't have an external battery solution, you'll need a lot of batteries. There is a battery pack slash extended grip, as Jason mentioned, but I didn't have it, so I can't tell how much time it gives you, but it should give you extra time. That uses Sony batteries. There is a battery life icon on the screen which tells you how much power you have left, but it doesn't offer any warning when the camera is about to shut off. It just shuts off. So you'll have to watch out for that. So what did I like about this camera? Uh, it's really easy to use. You can get great images. Uh, the frame rates and resolutions are amazing uh, considering the price point. I asked Jason at Blackmagic uh, if the camera could be used out of the box and it can but it's limited uh, it really depends on what you're looking to do with it uh, the size and the weight of the camera is great i would much rather be working with a camera like this than schlepping like a c200 or a c300 on my back or an area alexa which you, you know is incredibly big and heavy but i, I feel the camera is definitely more effective with some sort of a build-out rig a battery solution maybe a cage uh, external monitor and so forth so who's this camera for? It's a cinema camera. It's made for shooting movies. It's not a videographer's camera. Could you use it if your business is shooting events like weddings and so forth? Of course, I don't know when we're going to get to do those things again, but a lot of us have to shoot events. You could use this camera, but you would need some kind of a build-out, uh, at least a battery rig for it, uh, just to you know have uh, either the battery grip or an external battery solution. Otherwise, you'd be changing batteries constantly if you had an all-day event. Also, uh, it has no autofocus, so uh, you'd be racking focus constantly, and I don't feel like this is a strong running gun camera. As far as post-production, you will definitely have to color correct the images. Remember, Blackmagic is primarily a software company. They created DaVinci, which is the industry standard for color correction. Their cameras are made to be used with their software. If you're a DaVinci user, uh, and you want to build out your color and post, this is perfect. This is the perfect camera for you. Also, DaVinci comes free with the camera, which is another huge value. I actually preferred using the HD ProRes 422 codec on this rather than use the 4K resolution. I found the image uh, very easy to work with, and I think for most projects, you 
I don't use 4K a lot, so uh, if you're shooting for YouTube and Facebook and places like that, that's a perfect codec for you, and it won't take up a ton of room uh, on your memory. And, you know, if you need to blow something up or if you're doing a lot of effects work, then definitely use the 4K or even the 6K. But I think the HD looks really good on this camera. Uh, what else did I like? I like the EF mount a lot. Uh, I think the ability to use Canon EF glass is great. You can use uh, cinema lenses with this thing. Uh, you could even, if you, you know, the, the Canon cinema lenses are huge, but you could also use uh, Rokinons with an EF mount. And uh, you can even use EFS glass, which is great if that's all you have. So despite the limitations, uh, you can definitely get some great images with this camera. The dynamic range is incredible. The ability to shoot 6K RAW is amazing. I don't know if you need 6K RAW. That's a question for you to answer. Also, I like Blackmagic Design as a company. They seem to be doing a, a lot in innovating and listening to their customer base. They're working in a space that's hard to compete in, and, and it's definitely not easy with all these different cameras coming out these days but it feels like they are really trying and really responding to the shooter community. So is this camera still relevant one year later? As of this taping, the BMPC 6K body only is priced at $19.95 US. It's come down a little bit in price since it launched last year and the, the price is pretty remarkable uh, considering all it can do. I don't know of any other camera that can shoot this high resolution at this price point. How does it compare to other cameras recently released? Well, you've got its little brother, the 4K camera at $1295. Doesn't shoot 6K, shoots micro four thirds mount, but again, for, for $1295, you can't beat that price. Then you have cameras like the recently released Canon R5. Uh, people have been drooling over the R5 ever since the specs were released. Uh, it shoots full frame. It's got a 45 megapixel sensor, shoots 8K RAW. It's a hybrid camera, so if you're a still shooter as well as a video shooter, it's more apt for that. The Blackmagic is not a stills camera at all, but that camera comes in at $38.99. It's nearly twice the price of the Blackmagic, so that's something to consider. The little brother to the R5, the R6, also shoots full frame with a 20 megapixel sensor, shoots stills as well, 4K video, and that camera's a little bit closer in price at $24.99. You can also look at uh, cameras like the Panasonic GH5, another micro four thirds camera. A friend of mine picked one up recently. He chose that over the Blackmagic. He bought that camera primarily to shoot movies with it, bought it with a set of Rokinon Cine lenses, He's not looking to shoot stills, not looking to be running gun. You can pick one of those up for $12.98 nowadays for the body. Now, if you don't have Micro Four Thirds glass, uh, you're going to need to adapt your EF lenses if you have EF lenses or, or Nikon lenses. Uh, you can use the, a speed booster with those, but that adds another maybe four, five, even up to $700 uh, if you want to, to convert depending on your lens. So that's another additional cost that you have to take in. Uh, they also make those adapters for the Blackmagic 4K as well. As to whether or not you should purchase the Blackmagic Pocket Cinema Camera 6K, longest name ever, I can't tell you that, but uh, it is a great camera for the price. Uh, for the camera that size and, and getting cinema quality images, it's just tremendous for the money. Uh, and considering the comparable cameras out there, of course, I would recommend renting it before you buy. It's always good to try equipment before you spend thousands of dollars. So if you found this review informative, please let us know by leaving a comment online or you can tweet at us at BTR Productions. For more of our content, including our movie reviews, 
you can visit our, our website at norestoftheweekendpodcast.com. I'd like to also thank John Marino and the good folks at JMR Rentals for supplying me with the camera and sponsoring this episode. You can learn more about them at jmrny.com. And for Behind the Rabbit Productions, I'm Jason Godby. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.